Dandy and Linda, Dandy and Dandy and Linda. Woo, girl. Hey, Ooh, I think I'm, hard on that song. I think I'm clipping. Am I clipping? Do I sound like I'm clipping? I don't know what that means, but you sound normal to me. My, my audio sounds okay? Yep. Good. Okay, good. I'm glad. Linda's been, I had to dig so far through my recent calls in my little FaceTime app to find <laughs> your little face so I could click on it and call you. It's been so long, girl. It's fucked up. Fucked up. Some angry. <laughs> I'm some angry. <laughs> when I look at feeling, some angry. Some, I'm some amount of angry right now. Some feeling is anger. Oh, so much has happened, Linda. So, so much has happened. So much has happened. I'm feeding my dog right now. Listen to that background noise. Oh, you love the oh. clicky clank of some dry nugs. <laughs> Get your dry nugs, Linners. Here's the thing that Sadie does every once in a while. Every once in a while, she'll have like a little upset tummy in the morning. It seems vaguely correlated with if we like wait till a little later to take her out, but not all the time. But sometimes we wait a little later to take her out. She'll have like a sore tummy and she refuses to eat her breakfast. And what we learned a long time ago is that if we ignore her, she'll go like all day without eating her breakfast, like the entire day. And then like dinner time will roll around and maybe she'll eat it. And then she gets an even more upset tummy because she hasn't eaten food all day. But we figured out that if you just sit there and, like, force feed her single nuggets at a time, once you get to, like, 10 or 12 nuggets, she just eats her breakfast and then she's fine for the rest of the day. And wow. today, today was one of those days. I had to, like, put a single little nugget in her cheeks, hold her oh snout closed, God. and then she would, like, stare at me, like, for five seconds and then crunch the nugget and swallow it. And then I'd look at her and she'd look at her bowl and she still wouldn't eat and I'd jam another nugget in there. And eventually, she just ate her whole breakfast and then was fine all day. And it's like, see, if you had just eaten your breakfast, you'd be fine. But if you'd left your own stupid dog devices, you just would have upset your own tummy all day. You would have been, uh, you would have been ill all day because you refused and to eat so breakfast. So the the tummy upset is like empty tummy. I guess. I guess it gets empty enough, and all of a sudden, she's like, "Well, I guess I don't eat food anymore." I, I don't know. It's very weird. <laughs> it doesn't make sense because <laughs> she's, like, she's you a. Did this to me? Basically, I don't know. Like, it's very odd. So. Uh. I had to force feed her nuggets today, and then she eventually Sadie ate just, her entire breakfast, and now she's fine. Sadie's just always looking at you with that look of like, are, are you gonna kill me? <laughs> and you're like, no, I love you so much, and I take so such good care of you. Oh. And she's like, but you might change She your does mind. have a very, like, very resting emo face. Like, everyone yes. that meets her and spend some time around her, eventually is like, why is she so sad? It's like, she's not sad. That's just her face. She just has a very, like, she has these kind of, like, sad, dark colorations around her eyes. Yeah. And she's always looking at you like, oh, I go very, she's, I'm very, very suffering. She's like uh, Morrissey or something. Just, yeah. Oh, I have no job and responsibilities, and I get everything given to me for free on a platter, and I'm taking care of for the rest of my life. Oh, it's so hard. Oh. It's the worst. Every once it's in a while, a truck worst. drives by, and I fucking hate it so goddamn much. It's not fair. Fuck trucks. <laughs> Fuck trucks could be a little gang that some neighborhood dogs form, or it could be what uh, a bunch of high school boys call their truck. The fuck truck. Yeah. 
fuck trucks. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a skateboarding thing. Oh, the, yeah. Or, or it's a it's a roller skater thing because they don't like trucks. So fuck trucks. Oh, nice. I we like have uh, inline blades. Oh my god! <laughs> I saw a really great New York person yesterday. This guy had like a full face tattoo situation going on. And I was like, I need to investigate further. What else is there about this person to observe? And he had a That's backpack. a very nice way of, uh, of putting whatever thought went through your head, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it was just, you know, interesting. Uh, I like seeing someone's vibe, the way they carry themselves. Like to pull off face tattoos, you have to have a lot of confidence, a lot of big dick energy, you might call it. How many and, people have um, you seen in real life that you think actually pull off face tattoos? Uh... No comment. But okay. anyway, right. so so I, then I noticed that this guy had a backpack on with the rollerblades, and they were, but they, you could tell they were like sick, like oh yeah, must be like a pro. They got stickers on them. They're all beat up and scraped up because he's been shredding those streets. Yeah, and he had like a sick ponytail, and I was like, man, that guy is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Look, tattoos are cool, Linda. I'm saying you should get some. They're very cool. I feel cooler since I got my tattoo. How long until you get a face tattoo? Uh, face is probably never going to happen. It's a real low... I mean, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not saying I would rule it out completely. I've just never seen even a one that I thought was remotely okay looking. Yeah. I mean, that's just us being closed-minded. Uh, I don't think it's being closed-minded. I think it's making a frank aesthetic assessment of uh, all the face tattoos I've ever seen. There's one I saw that I guess you would call a face, a face or a head tattoo that I thought was kind of tasteful if a little cheesy and what it was yeah. was just little laurel branches right over some guy's ears that kind of like went out to like maybe his temples uh so it kind of looked like a little bit like a laurel crown and it was definitely mm. cheesy but they were well executed and i was like that's at least a tasteful right. face slash head tattoo it's very cheesy yeah. but tasteful nonetheless now, and of course, if, if you're a person who comes from like a tribe or if there's some cultural significance to a face tattoo, that's a totally different thing. For sure. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like a 27-year-old white man. That gets like a marijuana leaf suburb. tattooed on the side of his cheek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some that's truck nuts in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> it's not cool. A tear, but the tear has a butt crack. <laughs> i tell you what I would do, though. I would totally get... Uh, I really want, someday, hand and knuckle tattoos, which, mm. for some people, are equally as off the table as face tattoos. You know, it's basically like the tattoos right. you can never hide are like right. hand and face tattoos, pretty much. Right. I would totally do it someday. I think th I think they can look really cool. I hear it's like the absolute worst kind of tattoo to get in terms of like healing and pain. It's like supposed to be oh, god yeah. awful. Yeah. So I mean, not looking forward anytime to that. that I've like nicked my fingertip with a knife, it's like that's where all my nerve endings are. How about that? Well, it's that. It's also that like that skin stretches and moves so much that like for the mm. two weeks when it's healing, like every time you do anything with your hands, it's just like supposed to be searing pain. Sounds great, really, honestly. Well, then don't do that. There's a there's a tattoo artist I really like who's based out of England, unfortunately. Maybe I'll go to England someday and get a tattoo from this guy. But what he does is uh, his little gimmick is he makes little lino cuts and then does block prints on people's skin and then tattoos the block print ink exactly. So, like, he Whoa. does a block print and then tattoos where the ink from the block print actually marked the skin. And it's a really subtle difference, right? Like, it's... Because, I mean, that's... 
assuming it's a good block print, you're not it's not that far off from just like an actual stencil. But the the difference is profound in it. Like you can you can feel that it's like handmade. And some of his tattoos are these really cute little like iconographic knuckle tattoos where he makes a little like linograph or a little like lino cut of like a little shining sun or something and like we'll, we'll tattoo it right on the back of one of your big knuckles in your hand and it's like damn those oh, are cool cute. as fuck i'll send you some pictures fucking cool fuck yeah i'll send pictures right now that's what i'm gonna do sick ooh, 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 doot, doot, doot. So you got a vamp while i'm googling well i was gonna just say since we last spoke we've had some life updates yeah, I don't uh, know how many life updates you wanted to share. I mean, I'll share them. The The big one is that my relationship ended, and I think that's about as much as I'll say about it on the air. Yeah, that's a big uh, one. Well, there's that, and that I'm okay. That's the that's the follow-up to that's that. That's good. It's always good I'm to good. clarify. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing good, and I got my doggie on my lap right now, and uh, everything that's important to me is currently... A okay and fine and good. Uh, so that happened. I've traveled around a whole bunch because you've been uh, all over, girl. Because you know, like we gotta find a new house, and then giving time for him to find house, and then so I've been making myself scarce. I like stayed on a goat farm for a minute. I went to the Berkshire Berkshires Berkshires. I've never known how to pronounce that. Um. I went to Vermont, uh, spent some time in SF. I got to go back to SF in a few weeks. Yeah, it's been a... Are you, are you now glad to be home is, is the question. I'm super glad to be home right now. Um, but I don't know. New York, it's like uh, New York doesn't feel super right right now. Interesting. Say more um, on that. It feels... Very sharp around the edges and like lots of little opportunities to get your feelings poked out here is the best way to describe it. Interesting. Like, so, you know, I spent like almost two solid months in the desert and that was really nice. It was a really great way to disconnect, get to know myself a little better, um, feel out what I need and want. And like, just kind of like, who am I deep down when I like, I haven't been on on Twitter, I haven't been doing any social things. I've just like worked my like 20, 30 hour weeks and then just kind of been hiking around the rest of the time. So it's like uh, in producing that kind of stillness for yourself, it's interesting to see what comes up because uh, at first it's a lot of like, no, 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 no. What if we just keep uh, distracting ourselves with other random things that don't matter? <laughs> And so, yeah, I just spent a lot of time like meditating and being quiet and going to yoga. And uh, it was it was very nice. It felt like a very special thing to have. Sounds like it was a very good time for you. Nice, like transitional space that you made for yourself in your life, which you needed. Yeah. So I'm glad. Can we, yeah, can we do follow up on, uh, I don't know if you want to do this on air, and if not, we don't have to, but can we do follow up on your uh, your ADHD situation? Oh, yeah. So I got uh, prescribed some medicine, and I took it once, and I haven't taken it again. <laughs> but you took it once, and you said you felt powerful, like, in, yeah, like incredibly powerful. powerful. And I, I don't understand how you can resist that every all the time. Well, it definitely made me feel like I must look and behave a little weirdly right now 
Um, so it was great for the day that I had absolutely no meetings and I just needed to get a bunch of stuff done. Um, great for that. But then like, I feel like if you were to talk to me while I was on Adderall, like you'd be like, are you okay? What's going on? You know, like you might be able to tell. Mm, I want to do that. You should spring it on me sometime when I least expect it. Record an episode and then see if I, see if I, see if I figure it out. (laughs) Show up at your house super high on Adderall. Just feel like, I don't know. That wouldn't work because like, I mean, we've seen each other in person, you know, a dozen times, maybe a couple more (laughs) over the course of our friendship. But our, our friendship is largely a, a texting and phone call friendship. So that's true. I feel You'd like no- I feel like enough would be off if you were in person, especially you know post pandemic and everything. That I I would very unlikely attribute anything to an Adderall mania. But yeah, well, I have a much better sense of a baseline think- for my for my phone, Linda, the Linda that lives inside my computer. Yeah, I think that because I actually need the Adderall. Like for me, it's not really a mania. It's more of like a I'm just very calm and. It just feels a little different. So I don't know. It's like I, I like really knowing that I have. I really want to get evaluated for ADHD too. Really, really you badly. You should. Got to find a doctor now, first. I have this little bottle of assurance that's like, hey, if you ever like really, really, really need to figure some shit out throughout the day and get a lot done, then go ahead and take this. And if not, I don't know. I still feel the same way that I did before. I'm like, am I cheating? And I'm like, that's stupid, but whatever. Oh, dude, if I, if I had a pill that could make me productive, uh, I would not question at all if it was cheating. I'd be like, fuck yes, I'm cheating. I'm going (laughs) to like, I feel like productivity, like true productivity, not the buzzwordy productivity, but like actual creative productivity, I feel like is this very, difficult to access and discuss thing where you never really know what someone else's experience of it is right like right. i feel like i do almost nothing my entire life both in work and in my creative hobbies outside of work like i feel like i spend 80 percent of my time not doing anything and then 20 percent of my time maybe even less frankly like doing a superhuman amount of work in a very very short amount of time because I've been like simmering on something or whatever and like there's a couple options there right like maybe that's just how I work maybe all that time where I think I'm doing nothing I'm actually doing very important thinking work thought work that makes it possible to do the superhuman amount of like actual work people can see in a short amount of time or like maybe the work I'm doing is like actually just difficult for me maybe it's hard work and because it's hard and difficult for me I, I only could do a little bit of it because it's very taxing on me and I couldn't like do a whole bunch of it in one day or whatever or one week. Or yeah. maybe I just have ADHD and if I took some pill, I would just fucking destroy the whole world. I would I would fight God. I would I would burn the sun down uh, by just getting everything done, living in that 10 to 15 percent part of my life yeah. where I'm actually productive. And I don't know, but I desperately want to find out. I got to get a doctor and get on the, get on the horn with somebody. I mean, it's pretty easy. All I have to do is Google, like, uh, online doctor ADHD, and it'll just be like, here's doctor. Yeah, I know. I, that's, I could do that. Tomorrow. I could do that. And that's what I did for my depression, like, two years ago. And that was fine. You just Google it. And, you know, within two hours, you have an appointment and a prescription. It's, it's not that hard. I feel like the ADHD thing, though, like, I don't just want the pill. I want somebody who's an actual knowledgeable person to, like, sit down with me and do a whole... I want to be evaluated. I want someone to tell me whether I am just a lazy perfectionist or whether I actually have some sort of attention issues. Oh, my God. You're such a masochist. You're like, tell me I'm a piece of shit. Just tell me. I mean, (laughs) it's, it's not that I'm a masochist. I just genuinely want to know, right? Because uh, you could also look at my 
creative life and say that I'm extremely productive. And what I hear about yeah. a lot of people who have ADHD is that they're not that productive. And like, I am productive. I just do a shit ton of work in a very small amount of time. And I feel like if I could channel that power more yeah. of the day, I would get more stuff done. I don't know. I don't mean to make us all about me, but I, it's interesting that I'm very interested in the fact that you like took it and it had largely, as far as I can tell, like the desired outcome, right? Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like a negative surprise. You weren't like any like crazy side effects or anything. You felt a little bit off or whatever, but I'm, I'm, well, I'm interested in the fact that you have not gone back and, uh, and touched, ridden that dragon again. Yeah. Well, so two days after I took it, I had, I wouldn't call it an emotional breakdown, but I did have a very intense day emotionally. And like, I know that it can have some emotional side effects and like a crash or like a come down or whatever. And I don't know if the two things are correlated or if it's just the fact that like, that was just where I was at in my life and it was a coincidence, but whatever it was, it was like, there's enough things in my life that are currently up in the air that may be introducing an, um, uh, an emotionally destabilizing medication. Sure. Not yeah. the best idea right now. Cause I want to know, you want to be on unknown territory, you know? Right. It's like, I already know my own brain chemistry and like how to deal with it day to day. And so like going through like the tumult that I have had to go through, um, you know, even just getting your period once a month is like, Oh great. Now I have to see how, uh, ovulating Linda deals with, uh, these things or like how day before my period, Linda deals with these things. Dude, if I had my period once a month, I would be in an emotional wreck during the period week, the period days. It would not be yep. good for me. I would not be able yeah. to handle it. I don't think. Yeah, there's like a full 24 hours where I'm just like super angry and <laughs> I mean like And usually with good reason. Usually it's like it's like the same feelings that I would normally have. They're all just like cranked up a little bit. Right. And yeah, I mean it's I like the same like it. the same input but you're just having a different response to it, which is how brains work or yeah, something. Yeah, same same response just turned up. So it's like normally I'd be like a level 2 mad about something and on period day it's like level 8 mad. And but what I like about that, Andy, is that it forces me to stick up for myself, I think, during times when, like, or situations where I otherwise might not be standing up for myself as right, much. You get, you get to channel the Hulk, or at least, like, you know what the Hulk would say if she were here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I don't want to talk about this too much. This is not really my, my thing to talk about. But Hillary has been uh, going through a bunch of medication changes, too. And so I have had a front row seat to, like just how profound and specific the impacts of, of medication can be. And it's been mm -hmm. very, it's honestly, the whole thing is maybe like, want to take more medications? Because <laughs> it's like, damn, you're like, it, it's not, she's not a different person, right? Like, and, uh, it's not like any pill changes her to like a different human being. And I don't, you, did you grow up, uh, were you a fan of Garden State when it came out? Was that a thing you, you liked? No, I liked the soundtrack, but the movie was like, whatever. See, I was, I was like, you know, the suburban art kid that thought he was a cool outsider and so this movie was like the it was like you know crack for me it was like the perfect right came at the perfect i think it was released my junior or senior year of high school I, i'm an emotional boy right and it was like but it was like mainstream enough that like i could access it uh like it wasn't right. just weird to me uh, but it was like you know it, it, it i'm embarrassed to say it was like a, it was a very important movie to me and so i honestly feel like i internalize a lot of like oh you take meds that alter your mood and what it means is that you are numb to everything, right? Which is right. kind of like the 
the arc of the main character in that movie. And that's not what anybody in my life that I know that has ever taken meds has ever turned into, right? I don't, I don't think that's really a thing so much. Uh, but right. it's interesting watching like the same stimulus, you know, where it's like, you know, you, you've had the same job for five years. You've always loved your job. Uh, some medication changes. All of a sudden, the exact same stuff that happens to your job every day is like unbearable. And then some medication changes again. And then actually, job's fine again. It's like, it's crazy how yeah. much like it just changes your perceptions of everything. It's like, I mean, it's it's doing drugs, right? Like I had that same thought whenever I, whenever I get high where it's like, man, I always think you can like outthink being high right like before i got high ever i was like i was like i bet i can out logic it right because like, i know what's going on and wait I just, you really like, thought that i mean not consciously but i would have thought that like i would have thought the experience would be something you could like more think yourself out of not that you wouldn't be high anymore That's but that so like funny. but that like there would be some layer of remove but like yeah. when you're high it's like no no the thing that would be out thinking the being high is what's high like it's all one thing and so right. everything's all everything's all fucked up and crossed up and i feel like it's the same with you know, regular over-the-counter drugs. Yeah. Anyway, I've been thinking a lot about med- meds. That's so funny. My therapist is like, oh, no, try more cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm like, I just want to try some magic pills for a while, lady, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I see. So they're trying to, like, keep you away from it? Well, I wouldn't say that. But uh, I think I think her, like, you know, large attitude, her, like, big picture attitude of all this stuff is that you know, the meds treat the symptoms, but not the cause, which I agree with. But also, I think at some point, the cause is just brain chemistry, and you're not going to talk yourself into having different chemicals floating around your brain. And so like, there's limits to all of that. Right. Yeah, like even the lady who prescribed me my ADHD stuff and said that I have ADHD, she was like, you know, continue to do all the things like they ask you if you've like figured out ways to kind of self manage and cope with the ADHD symptoms. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, like I meditate and keep lists. And like, I have all these like tricks that I've learned to, um, to keep myself uh, a high functioning human being. And my trick so, is yeah. wait until there's a deadline that's going to have horrible consequences. And then I'll get everything done. <laughs> that's my only trick. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, and so, yeah, they're like, keep, you know, keep practicing those things because uh, this isn't going to like fix your ADHD, but it will help uh, control the impulses. So it's cool. Yeah. So that's the update on that. Um, and that's I don't know. I'll take the medicine when I'm feeling more uh, stabilized, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I still feel like pretty stable. Like everything is actually kind of fine, but, yeah, but you're, you're still getting settled though. There's, there's some things that yeah. are still some dust that's still settling, but you should wait. Yeah. Until maybe it's in a place where you feel like you're on solid ground. And, you know, I, I, I like the scientific approach of like change one thing at a time. That way, you know, what yes. is causing the things, you know, don't change yes. four things at a time because then you don't know what to attribute to anything. Yeah, that's a good way to just blow your whole life up and just see what happens. Come out the other side. Um, but I've been painting, so I painted <gasps> uh, an office this week and also my bathroom. Oh, you meant painting your walls. Damn, I thought you were like yeah. making art paintings. And I was like, fuck. Give Sorry me, to disappoint. Sell me a painting. I want, I, want, I want more paintings from my friends hanging around my house. I don't. Mm, wow. Roasted my friends. <laughs> you can keep your shitty art yourself <laughs> well what i'm done with is i'm totally done with any kind of like graphic design as decoration right like i went to school and studied graphic design i had a million friends that made a million posters i have a giant fucking 
portfolio full of show posters and like you know whatever weird collectible yeah. posters and shit i'm completely done of with any kind of like design as like home decoration i just want some fucking textures and colors and oil paints and like and live laugh love yes and a piece of plywood i'm sorry driftwood driftwood that says live <laughs> laugh love in a in a nice very naive hand-lettered cursive and it says home is wherever I'm with you, and you put it above the toilet. Mm -hmm. to and, and then you've got a nice day. jar full of sea glass that you bought at Pier One Imports. Yeah, that's all I want. And the sea glass is made <laughs> in a rock tumbler in Taipei. <laughs> yeah, give me that. My life update, which you know, Linda, is that I got the coronavirus. He got COVID. First, my wife got COVID. And then, shocker of all shockers, I got COVID from my wife. Now, I didn't ask you this. Did you two, did she like quarantine off? Or no, no you were still in no. bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm you not. Did. No. I'm, I mean. I mean, when Mark got COVID, he like straight up hold himself off in that bedroom. And I was leaving him food at the door like he was my prisoner. Was this post vaccines, though? Yes. It was post-vaccines, and you still actually quarantined from each other. And this was his idea. He was like, <laughs> I think he just wanted to be waited on. Yeah, I mean, don't we all to some degree? No, <laughs> I, I was not going to do that. I mean, our house is small. Like, we don't have another bed. I could set up an air mattress. But, like, no, I'm just, I wasn't going to do it. Uh, but, no, uh, Hillary went to some part. And, you know, we're, all of our friends and our social circles are all triple vaxxed and boosted and like you know pretty safe all things considered and hillary went to like one birthday party with like 10 people everybody there is like responsible the people that came from out of town rapid tested the day of or whatever yeah but and COVID then, doesn't care i know and then every single person at this party got COVID. every single one every single one every single one of them got it and Damn. got it like pretty substantially symptomatically like hillary was pretty sick like we everyone felt it so like I, part of me feels like there's some other strain that like they haven't identified or named yep. in the media yet because like this did this did not resemble anything else that uh that we've seen in a long time every single person in this party got it and then hillary gave it to me i was fairly sick too like hillary was really sick for like a week like really bad flu-like symptoms i had like three four days of like mostly just being exhausted like sleeping like 14 hours a day and uh yeah. and not really being able to do anything else i had one day of like awful chills and a headache but it sucked and uh yeah two years it finally got me i was like i, I was feeling you know I had like a like a smug pride that I had actually avoided COVID for the entire two years, but uh, can't say that anymore. Finally, fucking got yeah. me. Yeah, I think that we figured out what like the human breaking point is, at least in American society. Uh, and it seems like two years is the cutoff where people are just like, you know what? Fuck I'm sorry. I'm As opposed to, to the previous two years where everybody was making noble uh, personal sacrifices for the public health of of the country. What what are you talking about, Linda? I mean, I'm not talking about every single human being. Obviously, there are people who, like, day one were like, you're not going to make me put a mask on to yeah. go to Target. Yeah. But, like, I just mean, like, even even within the most careful circles of people that I know, it seems like, yeah, the last couple of months have been like, you know what? We've done our best. We've I don't know. I mean, I like, I'm still, th I still think I'm being pretty safe. Like, we got got by this, like, the coin flip, I would say. But I don't well, know. Well, yeah, but like the 10 person birthday party, remember like a year and a half ago, we would have been like, that would have been like, oh, can you believe? And there would be people right. like publicly shaming them on Twitter for 
having an event. Uh, well, so here's here's the fucking tea, Linda. You want to hear some of the fucking tea? I would like to hear some tea because you know I, I have we have everyone's got a, cu- a bunch of like you know semi overlapping social circles in their life, right? That's normal. And so we have like one group of our friends has been frankly pretty brazen about COVID since the very beginning. Their attitude mostly mm-hmm. being, uh, we're a bunch of extroverts. If we don't have parties, we're gonna die. And uh, we're also all young, and we don't really put a lot of like stake in the whole like us getting sick is bad for public health we just think we think it's just bad for us and so like we are making our own personal health decisions and that may include you know pre-vaccines going to like other countries for multiple months at a time to like get out of the cold winter and you know having giant outdoor dinner parties where it's like it's outdoors so we're fine but actually we've got like 30 people around a huge table and everyone's drunk and it's like probably not fine we have like one friend group it's like that (laughs) so judgy well i i mean look here my whole thing is like no no it's okay whatever fuck it so look then we have another friend group that is uh like very uh rule following very type a very uh you know down the middle follow all the rules gotta do the right thing and also like this friend group has been afflicted by something which i find very unfortunate which is this like whole scolding people on social media is how we show we're good people right like it's (laughs) which i i'm you know i i'm my like actual uh heart is with this second group right like this is the people that share my worldview but the way that they conduct themselves is not at all how I choose to conduct myself in in public social media. And they have been, like, eh, pretty scolding of people in this other friend group, right? So, like, oh, other damn. friend group has a dance party, posts vaccinations, and invites everybody. And then the wall is just a bunch of posts from second friend group that's like, this is irresponsible. Are you going to be testing at the door? Like, what are your like, protocols? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. And then uh, this, this, uh, this 10-person party where everyone got COVID all the sort of smug scolding people they were all the ones that had this party and they were like well we didn't go on any international flights and it's like well guess what international flights actually pretty safe compared to what you did which was sing a bunch of karaoke indoors with uh with 10 people so you know oh my god anyway i've like there's been a little bit of that where it's like come on like just don't like can you have a little bit of maybe don't be scolding people anymore about this now that you also have uh, have fallen to the to the sore of covid you know <laughs> Oh, this makes me so glad to be off Twitter. Yeah. Just- I mean, my, my main thing is like, just fuck, like, uh, realize that you're not helping. <laughs> like, like I, I hate the, the, the part of people that thinks they're helping by, like, scolding others. That doesn't ever work. That's never worked in the history of time. Like, you are yeah. doing it because, you're doing it because you have no political power. None of us have any political power. You have nothing. You can't do anything. And because you can't do anything, and that feeling is, like, unthinkable to you, it feels so terrible to be powerless, that what you do is just, uh, you know, go on Twitter and, like, post endlessly and, you know, go on Instagram and tell people that they're being bad people for doing this stuff, and here's how you, here's the right and noble way. And it's like, guess what? Is what you're doing a little better for public health? Yeah, it is. Is it right and noble? No, we're all just fucking uh, dumb monkeys that are stuck in this uh, in this virulent pit, and we're all gonna get the goddamn virus. Well, I think that when you're online and you see something like that, or you read something like that, and you get this little fire in your pit that's like, "You are wrong, and I am right," and then you're like, "Oh, you're so so impulsively driven to like telling them, like ah, like all that you're doing is passing that rage nugget from yourself into someone else's uh, little feed." 
And and it doesn't, yeah, like you're not actually going to change anyone's mind. You're just passing no. anger around. So it's just like, oh, now I will swallow the seed nugget of anger and fear. And look, and- I get it. I've been there so much. <laughs> I've spent so much of my life trying to explain Black Lives Matter to like far-flung family members on Facebook. Like I, I have been there, but it just, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Yeah. Like go sit, sit grandma down and have a conversation. Just uh, make, about her make your own choices for you. Kennedy. And I, I, I get why it happens, right? Because we're in this rare moment where, like, I would not scold people, but, like, I do think it is, like, ridiculously irresponsible to, for example, not get vaccinated. Like, that to me is, like, right. it's like a bridge too far. Do I think it's ridiculously irresponsible for a bunch of vaccinated people to decide to have a dance party if they're all in their 30s? No, like, fine, go do that. I am personally am not going to come. But you go do that. I'm not going to be like, you are the scourge of the earth for doing this thing, which actually technically the CDC says is fine, but now all the woke people say we can't trust the CDC anymore, and part of me agrees with them. But, like, I, I think it's tough because we're at this moment where I think it is appropriate to, like, basically tell people they should get vaccinated. Like, I think that social pressure is good and helpful, and I think it's very easy for people to then think, well, if that social pressure is good and helpful, then surely me trying to make my friends feel bad for doing a thing I personally wouldn't do is also good and helpful. And it's like, no, there, it's not. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not. It's just not. Burgers. So anyway, I got the Rona. <laughs> Long story short, you got coronavirus. Yep. I from, wish we could go back From my wife. And I had to skip a whole vacation, and I had to skip a friend's wedding this weekend because of the Rona. I missed uh, <laughs> such a stupid thing, but I had I had Hamilton tickets that I had to miss out on when I all of a sudden you sound like you're uh, under a giant blanket but I, I didn't know you missed out on going to Hamilton. uh-huh it's true i think it's because my finger was on the microphone um it's but it's whatever it's fine i'm over it i wish we could go back in time and share this news with linda and andy of the past when we were like oh my god what does it all mean and if you could just be like look dude in two years you're gonna get the thing it's gonna suck for a few days and then you're gonna be fine like, do you think is, that was is, is that the news anything? you'd want to share with people? Because I mean, if you told me that, I'd be like, "In two years, I'm gonna get it." Like, what do you mean, <laughs> two fucking years? You will have avoided it for that long, and then you're gonna get it. Like, would you change your behavior? I don't know. I I mean, overall, I would not change my behavior over the course of this pandemic. I don't think, uh, in terms of actually social distancing i don't know i don't don't think i told you this but uh when uh coming up on the one year anniversary of when day died and when he died last april i I had to call everybody we knew you know to tell them because i wanted people to to hear from me instead of like seeing on facebook or twitter or wherever um and one of the people i called was like our old co-worker who was really close with day he worked with us for like five or six years and he and day got really close i like caught him up and uh He's a very frank guy. It's something I really like about him. Uh, he's not like insensitive. Like he's not, not not the kind of like. When, so, sometimes when people call like dudes frank, they're like, "Oh, this guy's very honest." What they mean is he's a fucking asshole. And this guy's not an asshole. Yeah. If anything, he's like maybe a little bit like socially awkward. Where, like he doesn't. You can tell he doesn't really know what he's saying and how people are going to like internalize it. And, yeah. Uh, and something he said to me, like when I called to tell him this, uh, was like, he was like, "I'm not trying to blame anybody, but like." I would encourage all of you for your own like health and well-being to like stop isolating so much from COVID. Like he he was kind of implying to some degree that like the fact that we had been so isolated from our friend is like part of why he felt and like he was in such a dark place and decided to take his own life. And it's like, so would I go back and like 
violate more COVID protocols to like see him more often? I don't know. That that's a tough question. But everything, everything else otherwise, Oof. it's like yeah, I would have I would have done what I did. I feel like I navigated this thing pretty responsibly yeah. and also I mean, kept it's like my anything. sanity. It's like anything where we didn't have all the information all at once and we got it little by little over time. Uh, we just did the best that we could with what we had. Yeah. So. Can we have this on a lighter note? I have, I have a question for you. Yes. Have you returned to Hamilton? Like uh, in recent uh, years? Or did you like get caught up in Hamilton mania for like the year and a half? It was the biggest thing in the world. I've never not- seen it. I've never seen it. And I've never heard the whole thing. Whoa, you've never even heard the whole thing? Uh-uh. You got tickets without even listening to the entire soundtrack. Yeah, because it's one of those things where you're like, well, the whole world is freaking out about how good it is. So I'm going to trust the whole world about Wild. that. Because I, I mean, it's like, like sometimes I want to go to a movie without even like seeing the full trailer yet. Oh, I hate trailers. Um, I hate them so much. The other night, Hillary was like, can I show you a trailer even though you hate trailers? And I'm like, if you, if you really want to show it to me, sure. And we watched this trailer and then she got all mad at me for not being happy after watching the trailer. And I'm like, I told, you know I hate trailers. <laughs> She's like, I thought you would like this one. I'm like, no. Like, it's a movie maybe I like, but so why would I want to see the trailer? It spoils the whole fucking movie. I mean, I actually love movie trailers. I have a friend who makes them for some of the big Hollywood movies. and I don't uh, mind them if I know I I'm love... never going to watch the movie. If it's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, sure. I'll basically watch the movie in uh, in small isolation. But yeah, exactly. Anyway, but anyway, so no, I have not. I don't know much about Hamilton. Um, I mean, I know like you know what the basic like, uh, yeah, I know what it's about. I know that there are songs, and I know that it's like uh, they, they rap kind of, uh, and that's it. I'm gonna, uh, I'm not gonna give away my shot. <laughs> you nailed that it. That's one of the songs. I, I mean, I, the the arc of that show, though, for, I mean, 95% of people that love Hamilton are people that, like, discovered the soundtrack on Spotify or whatever, listened to it 15,000 times back to back, and then maybe eventually paid $700 to go get a ticket to see it live. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, which, like, it's like $250 now, which is still right. a lot for, like, one night out. But I get, a like, a budget to do stuff with my team at work, and mm-hmm. so I was thinking about maybe doing that or something. But then you got to take people indoors and sit in a crowd. And I know that's a whole thing. Um, I went to Carnegie Hall this weekend and I watched my friend's great aunt who is 85. No, 95. No, 85. 85 years old. uh, Sing in a community choir. And it was freaking amazing. They had this like guest composer uh, come in and uh, it was just it was super magical and great to hear like live music because there was an orchestra Oh, I, I did miss that. Like, I don't miss going to like concerts, like, like or like you know, rock band shows, because <laughs> uh, usually you can't even see people like playing their instruments, and that's kind of the exciting part for me. Like, I like to watch people perform. Right. Um. So it was really cool to be able to do that. But anyways, why do you ask about Hamilton? Well, it's it's uh, it's one of those things that this happens to me a lot with things that I that I really like. I did really like Hamilton for a while, uh, like right when it was popping off i was like a you know one of the early ones that was like this soundtrack is amazing i was to it a bunch of times and then like i find it basically unlistenable now like i it, it is i find it so cringy now and i don't know if just like my politics have changed or if like he got too popular and got liked by too many people and there's some like animal part of my like reptile hipster brain that like refuses to let myself like it anymore but well, there's to me like the Lin Manuel sound like is super formulaic. Like you can hear a song 
and know that it's his. And I think that like now because of that, there are like other imitators, whether they are doing it intentionally or unintentionally out in the zeitgeist. And yeah, it's like any fashionable thing. It's like it becomes so overdone that it becomes cringy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about music theory, but we watched Encanto last week, which is the mm. the newer Pixar movie, and the whole time I was like, "Fuck, Hamilton had such an influence on like musical culture. This sounds so much like Hamilton," and I can't even put my finger on why. And then I got to the end and looked it up, and it turned out it was all written by Lin Manuel Miranda. So it's like, okay, well, fine, right. it's just it's just this guy, I guess. But and uh, it's I, like there, he's the only person allowed to produce music in Hollywood anymore. And I you're guess like, there are other composers. It's like either him or uh, Clint Mansell or whatever. And yeah, give someone else a shot. And I guess it was novel to me when Hamilton came out, and so there's the like excitement of discovering it or whatever. But sometimes when I like you know really latch on to an album or a movie or whatever it remains very important to me and then sometimes when i really latch on to something like that i come to absolutely hate it and yeah that's where i'm at with hamilton and i don't know like i feel like it always goes one way or the other i, I don't know if you stay tepid on it it's like either this thing becomes important to me and it's important to me for the rest of my life or it's important to me for a little while and then i reject it like biologically as soon as other people like it and you're like, it's not cool anymore. That is honestly like, I hate to admit it, but that is like, if I were to look back across the things that I still love versus the things I have come to reject, it is almost directly tied to whether or not it became broadly popular. You know, that's really big of you to admit. I think I can't tell if you're just dunking on me right now, but uh, no, but I'm it, not. <laughs> I, I'm being super sincere. Cause I think that you could just be like, no, it has nothing to do with it. I like that. You're like, you know what? You got a point. It's definitely <laughs> a factor for sure. Like I, uh, I still love the wise alopecia. I think it's one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. And that's because no one else fucking likes the album. And that's why and I still like, love it's it. mine. It's all mine. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I want to know. I bet somebody's done a study about this specifically. Like what makes a person that kind of person? I'm not sure if anyone has done a study about this, Linda. We've been doing more and more work with with like academic researchers, and uh, there's a lot of research that just hasn't been done, and uh, especially dumb stuff like this that no one cares about. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I bet a bunch of people have written completely speculative, not at all backed up by researched uh, editorial pieces on what they think is going on. But yeah, I don't there's think probably a medium article somewhere. But I doubt somebody's done a peer reviewed study on uh, on this phenomena. You know, what I think it is though. I think what happens is when people who I don't like come to like something and express what they like about it. It makes me think of, oh, yeah, that's actually a thing I don't like about the thing that I love, right? Uh, yeah. like it, it, like, highlights the things that uh, that I don't like about it. Whereas if I never heard them express that opinion, then I could just tell myself that, oh, they probably wouldn't like this thing or whatever. Yeah. They haven't, like, gone you're to that like, level. You're like, no, you're getting it wrong. There's I guess also- that there is something in there uh, about, like, our, some sort of a survivalism thing where it's, like, it's novelty. And anything that feels like novelty, like your brain craves... And like the minute that it doesn't feel that way anymore, it rejects it. I wonder. Yeah. And also like we all attach ourselves to art and media because we feel like it's some kind of representation of who we think we are. And for something to be so ridiculously giant and mega popular, then it's like, well, that doesn't say anything about me anymore. Right. Either, either it says I'm just like everybody else, which of course no one thinks they are, or it says nothing about me because everyone already likes this. So like, what is there to say about me by identifying with this thing anymore? Yeah. You, like, you like to think that that wouldn't affect whether or not like you enjoyed putting on a song and listening to it, right? Like in the, in the privacy of your own home. But I think it really does have that impact. Yeah, I agree. And on that bombshell, 
Uh, we come to the end of uh, Earth to Linda. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Earth to Linda. Linda, anything to plug? Uh, I'd like to plug Lenny. He's getting a haircut on Monday, and he's a really good boy. I'd like to plug this butt. All right, let's get let's get out of oh here. Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I know. Very Wait, powerful. but uh, what day is it? It's Monday. It is Monday, March twenty first, five right. fifty five p.m. Well, let's talk next week. Let's let's keep this up. I it's been it's been a long time off because of changes in everyone's lives and people that have the coronavirus maybe and can't get on a microphone because it's actively painful to speak. But this is what's so great about our show is that like who cares? Uh, yeah, well, I, Linda, I got bad news. Um, we did lose one hundred percent of our sponsors in the last uh, five weeks. <laughs> we weren't recording. <laughs> I you know I was on the horn with them, but they were like, "That's it, we're pulling all of our money. You're just not re- no BetterHelp.com. We need you. <laughs> Who is gonna sell these Casper mattresses now? Not me. That's an old That's pool. Right. Who's gonna Who's gonna sell these uh, these uh, men's hair loss supplements? Yeah, it's all men's hair loss. It's all BetterHelp, and it's still Squarespace. It's BetterHelp, Squarespace, Keeps, and then uh, a lot of my podcasts are selling the the ball the ball trimmers do you get to get the ball trimmers on your podcast oh yeah 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 i've heard about those that that ball trimmer company is uh is really making bank which ball trimmer company is it oh i'm not gonna buzz market them well because i bought a ball trimmer because uh like i saw on tiktok some women saying they don't actually make a great razor for ladies down there but if you buy a ball trimmer it's essentially everything you need and i did it and it works great did you get a did you get a manscaped lawnmower 2.0 or whatever <laughs> yeah it's a tiny john deere tractor that's that's what it's and fucking you just called roll it over your ball that's literally what it's called it's called the <laughs> manscaped uh i think it's lawnmower right oh my god and that reminds me of those dude wipes have you seen dude wipes yes of course i've seen dude wipes. and it's like the... what men are so fucking insecure they can't even wipe their buttholes clean without it being like they... it's for dudes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, Dude, fuck? Manscaped makes the Lawnmower 4.0, the no! Performance Package 4.0. Uh, no, the one that I got is just called like Meridian or something. It's just like a very basic name. And it looks like a it looks like a Power Rangers forearm. This uh, man, this Lawnmower 4.0. It's got a little <laughs> it's got a little lamp on it, so you can get a good look at those rankly hairy balls while you're trimming them up. Woof. I have uh, I have mixed feelings about the manscaped uh, kind of advertising because it's like I want sure advertise these products it's great I uh, let men know that it is a socially acceptable option to uh, to trim their hair except all of the marketing is like directed at like how disgusting having pubes is and it's fucking gross down there no one's gonna want to play with your balls if they're so hairy dude and it's like can you market this in not a shit horrible way is that possible nope nope it's not it's not possible it's not. Well, on that note, I'm going to go Manscaped. (laughs) They call it Manscaped. They call it Manscaped. (laughs) Uh, I wish wish they'd call it like a man shower. And like a... uh, Just like every basic thing that you have to do to take care of yourself. Do you want to know what their uh, anti-chafing ball deodorant is named? Sure. The crop preserver. Oh my god, Pretty that's good. disgusting. Because it sounds like a like a lice infestation type of. It thing. does kind like, of yeah. 
it does like you're of... dusting the crops because uh there's been an infestation of mites they call their nose hair trimmer the weed whacker i mean what oh if... my god they call their single blade they have like a safety razor because everyone sells a safety razor now it's called the plow 2.0 wow that's just a bad name plows don't cut anything that's not what plows do wow someone got paid a lot of money to like come up with this whole brand and naming convention. Oh, yeah. You know? For sure. We're probably friends with them. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. But I, uh, I guarantee that person has some fucking NFTs, so I'm probably not friends with them anymore. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, oh, they have, a, they have a page called Our Calls. We Our save calls? balls. They apparently nope. have a testicular cancer uh, partnership. Okay, well, I'll get behind that. Yeah, That's they're partnered good. with testicular cancer. They're trying to spread it far and wide. All right, yeah. great. All right, well, this has been this has been great, Linda. I do love it's talking to you, and I look forward to doing it. it next week. It's such a delight, and uh, oh. yeah. And then I, I'm going to see you in a couple weeks too. I'm going to be up there in New York. We're going to we're going to hang out or something. Yay! We're going to hang out, and I'm definitely not going to have the novel coronavirus because I've just gotten it. So now I've got yeah. like an extra booster, basically. Fuck yeah! Fuck I love yeah. it. Bring me some booster. Don't though. Yeah, Just I'm not going to do that. Okay, bye Andy. Bye.